Hello and welcome to the Gambler Racing Podcast. I'm Selected Bet and joining me as ever for a look ahead to the Saturday racing is Paul Gallagher, who's otherwise known as the Voice of Value. How's it going, Paul? Yeah, great. I'm uh, looking forward to the Derby and the Oaks being run on the same day for the first time I think, ever. Yeah, we were discussing that. We don't think that's happened before, do we? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. They usually they usually have one on one day and one the, one the next. So uh, obviously, COVID is uh, making history again. Yeah, so we're what? Can't even remember when racing started back. Is it about five or six weeks or so yeah, in the I UK? Agree. And what's your thoughts been so far on the kind of behind closed doors version of racing? Good. Yeah, I've not been too concerned about the form being a bit off or anything. I think. Uh-huh. It, um, you almost don't notice that there's no crowds. I mean, you're very different if you were actually at the race course. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see any huge difference. The only thing would be horses that get sometimes get a wee bit upset and get wind. Mm. Um, like of Batash, who won well at Royal Ascot. Um, horses like that will actually benefit a wee bit from it, you know, because they've not got that additional problem with the crowds and getting getting wound up. So that could have explained why he did so well that day. So if there's any horses like that that people think of, then it's probably a bonus. But other than that, I don't see any difference. And it's been great because there's been extra races because they've tried to pack everything in. So we're getting loads and loads of racing. It's quite difficult to keep up with, actually, but it's good fun. Has it made life harder, the fact that the fixtures have been curtailed? So we're looking at a derby, obviously, this weekend, but we've we've got less forum to go on than we normally would have at this stage of the season. Yeah, it's, di- it's difficult in a sense because you, you don't have that back form, but we're now at the point with flat racing that most of the horses can run fairly quickly. Um, they could be turned out again fairly quickly compared to jumps racing. So you've now right. got a body of form that's sort of building up. We had Royal Ascot and all that as well. So you can start to see, you know, trainers have started to show their hand a bit. Um, and actually, this is the most exciting derby in years, in my opinion, because... The, usually the entries for the Derby are open like a year in advance or more than a year in advance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it tends to be restricted to really well-bred horses from wealthy um, stable or wealthy ownership, and they make entries really early on in the horse's career. Um, so you might start with several hundred entries, and then as it you know goes along, there's different stages, and you've got to keep supplementing, keep supplementing, keep supplementing. But this time they've left it to the end, and right. basically everybody. So you're actually getting all these really good inform horses, um, and you're getting there's actually a couple of sort of handicappers in there who would never have dreamt of entering the horse in the derby, but now they're just hitting form at the right time, and um, it's quite exciting for them. So there's some smaller owners and trainers that have got a wee chance this year. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll come onto that um, in terms of some bigger priced opportunities in the derby as is the voice of values remit on this podcast <laughs> uh, so we'll come on to that shortly before we do a quick look back on last week and we had one winner on the podcast which went off at five to one i think it was yeah, so, thankfully um did the business a bizarre drift before the off as well but yeah horse didn't know the price so that was a good one um, and one non-runner as well, cash back for that. So I think ended up being a small profit on the day. There's a couple of disappointing favourites. I, I, I tipped a couple of favourites or, or shorter price ones. You remember? And uh, yeah, yeah, didn't quite get the job done. But thankfully, Lamato got us out of jail. Indeed. So we've got six races from Epsom on Saturday live on ITV. So it's quite a, an extended program. I think it probably runs from about half one to after five o'clock. So. 
get yourself a brew or a beer, sit in front of the telly and get your feet up and watch the racing from Epsom on Saturday. Um, we're going to have a look at, well, I was going to say we're going to have a look at all the races, but the first two races, there's nothing in either of them that you really fancy, is there? No, um, just the way it's the way it's worked out. If anything, I, I probably fancy the favourite in both races. Um, so the one fifty, um, if you if you gave me three hundred quid to bet, I'd put it on Twasso. <laughs> not that you would ever give me. <laughs> That's less than I usually give you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd go for I'd go for Twasso on that. But um, yeah, it's not you know not a fantastic pricing. It'd be two to one ninety four something like that. Um, so it's no bet for me in that race. And then in the 225, um, Safe Voyage, a horse I tipped um, last time out, <laughs> finished second, of course. Um, and I think he will win this time. This is a slightly easier race, and he, he's a class act in this in this one, I think. So, But you're only getting like 11 to 10, 5 to 4. So again, it's, I don't think there's much value in there because there are, there are one or two that could give him a scare. So passing those two by in terms of a bet on the, on the third race. Yeah, so the first one we're going to look at is the three o'clock, which is the Investec Handicap. Uh, just before we have a look at the Oaks. Yeah, so this one, the three o'clock, is um, just to make up for the fact I've not got um, tips in the first two races, I've got two that I like in this one. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's one of these races where there's I think 16 runners, so plenty of each way opportunity. You're getting extra places with quite a few bookies, so make sure you take it. Um, the favourite Desert Icon, I can understand why it's favourite. Um, one last time out, um, it carries a penalty for that win, um, which was only a few days ago at Newmarket. So that'd be a, a slight concern, maybe turning out a bit too quickly. Um, but did that quite well. So a fair favourite, but three to one is too short so we pass that one over um and after that i think it's it's pretty wide open and we're getting some decent prices on, on alternatives um the first one i like 20 to one shot mr scaramanga um listeners might have heard of mr scaramanga before it's a six-year-old um it's been around um, and it's, it's sort of fallen from grace a bit in the last couple of years um, it was rated as high as let me check, but one hundred four at one point one hundred five. Right. Um, but he's all the way down now at eighty four rated. So he's come down about a stone and in, in, um, in fact, no, sorry, more than that. To uh, yeah, about a stone and a half um, in a couple of years. But he's still been winning off those kind of marks. One off eighty two um, over course and distance. Um, almost exactly a year ago um, and he sort of dropped down to that sort of level again he's also been second um, Epsom in the past so he likes it here um, ground shouldn't be any issue at all so I just thought he looked like um, he had a, a right good each way shout and I'd have made him more of something more like 10 to 1 rather than 20 to 1 um, so if you get getting extra places it's one to take um, so yeah that would be my first selection okay um, the second choice in the race is one that actually at a shorter price, um, but one that I quite fancy as well. Um, trained by David O'Mara, a horse called Tinandali, um, horse number two in the race. So you're getting about 10 to 1 here. Um, Jim Crowley's jocked up for this, which is fairly unusual booking for O'Mara, but um, I think Danny Tuttle's riding elsewhere. He would normally ride O'Mara's horses. Um, so he's brought Crowley in, who I'm not a massive fan of, but he's been excellent recently, so we'll give him a pass. Um, Tinandali's just one of these sort of improving four-year-olds that David O'Mara tends to train and do really well with. 
Um, he, he was second first time out at Ayr, um, and that was his first race since last October. Um, it just looked as though that step up and trip worked nicely for him, and he'd probably have a bit more to go over the, as the season progresses. Omara's usually come on and improve as, as the season goes on, so I, I, I definitely expect him to be there or thereabouts. So those would be the two against the field for me. Yeah, just going back to Mr. Scaramanga, I can see 20 to 1 at bet 365, but they're only paying four places. Um, best option at the moment looks to be Betway at 18 to 1, who are paying five places. Yeah, probably be tempted to go with Betway then on that, as, as, as that with that sort of comparison, take the extra place. Because um, yeah. a, a 20 to 1 shot getting placed is a nice wee, nice wee return. Yep, indeed. Fingers crossed for that one. one. I should take it, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, next up we've got the Oaks um, and you're looking at uh, the Detore-Gosden combination again, who won it last year. Yeah, um, normally you, you don't find much value in, in Gosden and line lineup, but um, this is basically, <laughs> I'm saying this very carefully, <laughs> a two-horse race. Um, there's not as many entries in this as there are for the Derby, which we'll come on to, but... Um, I see this as a, as a straight match between Love, who's uh, ridden by Ryan Moore, trained by Edna Bryan, the sort of racing royalty of the of the last few years, um, and really well-bred um, horse Love, um, won, won a thousand guineas, um, versus Frankly Darling, ridden by Frankie and trained by John Gosling, as you touched on. Um, I think Love's probably got the better form in the book, or definitely has, having won the thousand guineas. Um, but there's a question mark there for me about the step up to yeah. the mile and a half. That's a significant step up um, in chip. So there's a question mark over whether she'll get that. If there's some rain, that would make that even trickier. Um, whereas, frankly, darling, um, albeit it was a group three, it was still at Royal Ascot and it was a classy race. And um, she won that quite nicely. I thought um, thought she had a wee bit a wee bit up her sleeve that day. So she'll definitely stay. Um, and there's a question mark over love. So I would have put them about you know 50-50 between the two of them if I was pricing it up. But you're getting almost double the price. Yeah, but frankly, darling, I think there's some 15 to eight about there. Um, so that would certainly be the, the value choice for me for Frankie to get the job done. I was watching um, Sky Sports recently earlier and they were discussing the draw um, for the Derby, actually, yeah. um, and saying that Stall 1 hadn't produced a winner in the Derby since 1999. <laughs> um, and curiously, English King, the favourite, and the one that seems to be the kind of pick of the pundits, um, is drawn Stall 1. But by comparison, um, they had said that five of the last seven winners of the Oaks have been drawn Stall 2, 3 or 4. Yeah. Um, I just wonder what the significance Maybe I see Frankly Darling is, is drawn stall three um, and Love is drawn stall five. I think when the, when it's a big field, I think the draw is something to really take seriously. Um, this year we've got eight. Yeah, just eight, yeah. Less of a concern. Um, things like that, sort of, stall one hasn't won since 1999. There's something in that, you know, there's, there's definitely something in it. But by the same token, it could just be that you know what many years is that 21 years 15 of those could have been absolute dogs that have been <laughs> that have yeah. been in there or that's been pacemakers or whatever you know it's just it's just literally the luck of the draw um whereas if you could see a, a pattern emerging where um one stalls one through four 
were really underperforming, then you would start to say, well, there's a real strong draw bias there. So some of it's statistical variation, um, but some of it there is there is something in it. Um, like yeah, so as I say, for, for, from that the Oaks perspective with eight bodies in it, um, I wouldn't be massively concerned. I think guys like Dottori and Moore, um, yeah, they've done it all before. You know, it's not for them they'll work it out if they think they've got an issue with the draw they'll switch across or they'll drop in or they'll try and steal the lead you know whatever works for them um, there will be tactics involved but I just think um, Frankie is 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 probably better placed in the fact that he knows his horse will stay so if he has to go and lead then he can do that if he, he can sit around behind then he can do that as well you know he's got that versatility so he doesn't have to worry about getting the trip whereas you would think Moore would probably be trying to get love covered up bit of protection so she can sort of conserve her stamina um, and just use a turn of foot towards the end. So I, I think in that respect, in terms of race riding and tactics, Frankie's probably got a the advantage there as well. Yeah, probably no one knows better Epsom better than Frankie, I don't suppose. Uh, the guys, I mean, he's unbelievable. He, and he's <laughs> the sport, I know that you've got a wee soft spot for him. Um, people who are sort of casual observers of the sport, he's just a great character. Um, and in some days, Marmite, for some people, they can't stand him. They think he's a bit brash, but he's just great. He's box office, you know. Absolutely. Um, so next race up is the Group 3 Phillies race, the Princess Elizabeth Stakes. Yeah, um, an interesting race here again. Um, this is more open. I think this one, um, there's quite a few that I would have a shout. Um, the one that I've gone for... Um, just in terms of the, the sort of solid angle is Cloak of Spirits. Um, she was she lost it at Royal Ascot, but she's been racing in in classier races than the rest of these. Um, that was the coronation the coronation stakes that she ran in at Ascot, which is in Group One, so you know top of the tree, um, and she wasn't embarrassed in that. Um, and then her seasonal um, reappearance was actually in the oak and uh, these excuse me the thousand guineas. Um, where she finished second to love um, and beat you know right good horses like quadrilateral etc. So that's good, really good form in the book. Um, it's arguable whether anything else has got that sort of form. Um, Fura is the one that looks it's the favourite and looks like it could be potentially classy, but all she's done is win um, a race at Newcastle and then. Um, a race at Chelmsford, a, a, a sort of novice stakes race at Chelmsford, which was an okay race and just okay. Whereas you're comparing that to proper Group One form yeah, that Cloak of Spirits has got in the in the uh, in the bag. So I, I would make Cloak of Spirits favourite, but it's the other way about. So it's just a case of saying, right, what is there nine to four about Cloak of Spirits? We'll have some yeah. of that. Thanks. Um, yeah. The other one worth mentioning is Frankie again on, on Love and Thunder. Um, that would probably be if there were eight runners. That would be my sort of each way value shout. But yep. There's only six runners, um, and she's similar to Fora in that she's sort of unexposed potential, um, but hasn't hasn't raced in anything like the quality race that that um, Cloak of Spirits is running. So it's just a yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer for me. It's nine to four Cloak of Spirits, and we'll have some of that. Yeah. Could be one of those days though, where you know that caused into Tory combination. If it, if they have winners in the previous races then by the time this one comes around well, Thunder might be attracting a bit of money just on that basis yeah, yeah frankly Darling wins in, in the previous yeah. race then yeah absolutely um, there'll, be, there'll be the Frankie doubles and things rolling on to it um, yeah one to keep an eye out for ok so that sets us up nicely for the Derby um, 16 go to post and as you say it looks like uh, one of the, the most competitive for a while 
yeah, it's 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 nice to have this um, as a wee change. You know, as I, I was touched on earlier, the way that the entries have worked worked out this year, you're getting all the form horses um, rather than all the nicely bred ones that might may or may not turn out to be to be decent. Um, so we've got 16 runners, I think. So there's some firms offering extra places, which you should definitely take advantage of. So English King will be the favourite. Um, and then you'll have Kamiko uh, and, and Mogo likely in behind there, uh, challenging for, for favouritism. Um, I can't have Mogul at all. Um, that's the choice of Ryan Moore. So that would be, that's a huge positive in the horse's favour. But um, it just didn't look like he had what it took when, at Royal Ascot. Um, certainly doesn't look like the sort of classy one that you would expect to come out of the O'Brien Yard. Um, maybe that was an off day, um, but you're you're basically, I think you're, you're hoping that O'Brien's going to work his magic and that the horse will improve for that run. Um, and I can't take that for granted, so he's too short a price for me. Um, Kamiko, I think, looked really good winning the 2000 guineas. Um, if you are asking me for a solid win bet or close to you know the one that would be challenging, I think it would be him. Um, maybe a slight question mark over whether um, he'll stay the uh, the mile and a half. But the way he finished in the 2000 guineas to me looked like he almost certainly will. Um, and again, English King won the Derby trial at Lingfield and, and looked really classy as well. That's probably not as good a race, um, certainly, as the 2000 guineas that Kamiko won. But it's the... Uh, it's the Dottori factor there. It's not Gosden, actually, but it's Dottori uh, riding for um, the Nielsen family, who's he rides, he's ridden quite a few classy ones for in the past. So and I think um, Anthony Van Dyke won that trial last year before going on to win the, the Derby as well. Yeah, you're right. Actually, you're right. So it's you know it's a well-worn path, and mm-hmm. uh, the winner of that has to be has to be taken seriously. But just a little bit too short, and I think it is wide open this year. I don't think there's a, an absolute standout. So I am scrolling all the way down <laughs> to a horse called Pile Driver, um, the, and, and the, the argument's a really straightforward one, to be honest. Um, not fantastic, not not as classy in the breeding as others, um, and not sparkling two-year-old form. Um, it was pretty crap, in fact, in his last run as a two-year-old, but it's performed really well this year. Um, came out and ran quite well at Kempton in uh, a group three to, to start the season off and then went to Royal Ascot and uh, won really, really nicely in the King Edward VII Stakes, beating the aforementioned mogul um, and another of today's rivals, Mohican Heights, was back in behind him in third day as well. Um, he, it was a really good ride from Martin Dwyer, the jockey, that day. He did get the sort of run of the race. He, he, he tucked him in, came along the rail and kind of stole it, but he showed a good turn of foot and he stayed um, the full trip, the sort of mile and a half that day. So you can you can sort of tick that off as a if you, you any concerns about trip or the same for the ground as well. So he's just got lots of really honest um, positives in his favour, and I think there's question marks over the others. So you're getting twenty to one, I think, about pile driver. Yeah, um, and you're getting extra places this year in the Derby, which you, you wouldn't always get with the bookies. I just thought he's the one to. To bring something of a surprise won't be a surprise to me, but it, it may come as a surprise to others, um, just because he's not quite as classy um, in terms of the breeding that some of the others have got. Yeah, as we're regarding this pile driver, best price is twenty to one with Coral, um, so it might be worth taking some of that because it's as short as fourteen to one in places as well. Um, and yeah. as we always advise, might be worthwhile shopping around for some extra places if they're available uh, yeah. come tomorrow. 
that's, that's what I would do then, take the 21 if you can get it. Okay, good stuff. Can you just give us a wee recap then of your tips for Saturday? I can indeed. So there's no tips in the first two races at Epsom that are on on ITV. Um, The tips start in the three o'clock when I've got two selections, Mr Scaramanga each way, um, 18 to 1 in five places, and Tinandali in the same race. Um, Each way again, you're getting 10 to 1 and you should be able to get five places there as well. 3.40, Frankly Darling, 15 to 8, that's a win bet. 4.15, 4.15, Cloak of Spirits, 9-4, to 4, that's a win bet. You might want to do a small double with, with Frankly Darling as well, and if you're feeling adventurous. And then in the last race, which is the race of the day, the Derby, I'm going for 20-1 to 1 outsider, Pile Driver, each way. Well, fingers crossed we can see the, the famous voice of our Taps off gif on <sighs> Twitter tomorrow. Looking forward to that. <laughs> it's not, I've seen it properly for a while. I don't even think you get a chance last week because you were at a wedding. Yeah, I was out. I was um, I was out and I recorded the racing and then I saw your notification congratulating me on a win. Yeah, apologies about that. But, um, oh, yeah, it's my own fault for not turning off notifications. Can't complain. Well, hopefully we'll get to see that uh, bronzed body tomorrow on Twitter <laughs> after a few winners. Um <laughs> So this week we've got another uh, Who Knows Wins competition set up on the app, which includes the six live races uh, that are on ITV. As ever, it's a £5 buy-in, and Paul will be entering on behalf of the Gambler podcast, so no pressure on you there, Paul. Um, So yeah, give it a go if you fancy getting involved. As ever, it's just a case of um, submitting your entry. More entries we get, the bigger the pot is. And if you pick the most winners out of the six races, then you will win the pot or a share of the pot with the other winners. So if you don't already have the Who Knows Wins app, then head on over to the App Store where you can download it. And that's us for another week. Um, Make sure you catch the podcast that we've put out on the Gambler channel already this week. There's a regular football podcast and there's another Norwegian special that's definitely worth a listen to as well. And of course, you can follow Paul on Twitter at The Voice of Value. Um, I guess you have no weddings or anything tomorrow, Paul? No, tomorrow. Um, the plan, um, if the three week old baby will allow, is to <laughs> sit on the couch and watch the racing. Looking forward to it. I'll think I'm crossed for that. What odds are you, you giving us on that happening? Ah, uh, that's no, about a three one shot, I'd say. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, and you can also see a written version of these tips on the Mr. Fixit's Tips site, um, just if you want any confirmation of what some of those tips were that we've discussed. So thanks for listening and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Good luck. <laughs>